You're listening to Consider This, episode 276, for December 16th, 2019. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever, wherever, and whoever you are. Thanks for stopping by my little corner of the podcast universe. This is the award-winning Consider This, and I'm Doug Payton letting you in on my conservative commentary and your feedback in just 10 minutes or less. As always, I want to hear what you think and highlight it on the show. Come to the website, considerthis.ctpodcasting.com to do that. It lists all the ways to get your opinion heard. That's CT as in Christmas tree. Canada's cues, Boris wins, and Christmas music. That's coming up. If you're still ordering gifts from Amazon, I have an affiliate link on the website. When you click on it, a sliver of what you pay is sent here to help support the podcast. A new report is out that confirms the same old thing. Socialized medicine does not live up to its promises. The Fraser Institute out of Canada reports on The Private Cost of Public Cues for Medically Necessary Care 2019. Cues is Canadian for waiting lines. I'm bilingual like that. Just by the title, you know it can't be good news. The estimated cost of waiting for care in Canada for patients in 2018 was about $2.1 billion. Now, that's just only the hours lost during the average work week. If you consider costs outside the workday or costs by others taking care of them, the number jumps to somewhat north of $6 billion. Now, that's just the cash involved. The authors note, quote, Moreover, Non-monetary medical costs, such as increased risk of mortality or adverse effects that result directly from long delays for treatment, are not included in this estimate. I know what you're saying. You're saying, Doug, you keep beating the drum on this. We've heard this all before from you. And you know, you're right. This has been a hobby horse of mine over the years. But you know, what else? It's also been a hobby horse that Democrats, as well, have been riding for quite a while now, including just about all of their latest contenders for president. So as long as they continue to ride in the wrong direction, I'll continue to point in the other direction, with studies that continue to say it would be a big mistake to follow them. People in the UK have been threatening to leave. The papers are even giving instructions on how to put your affairs in order so you can move permanently. The hashtag NotMyPM has already popped up on social media. This can only mean one thing. The Conservative Tories won the most recent election with an outright majority in Parliament. Oh, and it also means almost no one will follow through with leaving the country, so I guess that's two things. After the initial referendum on Brexit three years ago, which many MPs said they would honor right up until the vote didn't go the way they thought it would, there was much back and forth trying to come up with a Brexit deal that the UK Parliament would go for, never mind whether it was acceptable to the EU. 
Ask former Prime Minister Theresa May. There were calls to have another referendum, which is leftist for we'll keep voting until it goes our way. But then May stepped down. And then, insert all sorts of wrangling about parliamentary stuff and add one smidgen queen. And then there was an election. <laughs> when the dust cleared, Boris Johnson, Bojo to his friends, or, or maybe that's his enemies, uh, he emerged not just victorious, but historically so. You want a new referendum on Brexit? There it is. But of course, I just know that if there had been another referendum, and it had gone the same way, the left would still complain. How do I know? Well, there's the aforementioned hashtag, not my PM. There are the protesters the very next day shouting exactly that. They are complaining and resisting even after a far bigger win for the Brexiteers. If you don't like the outcome, your beef is not with Bojo. It's with your next-door neighbors, who have seen too much bickering and division. They made their voice heard to Parliament, and Parliament didn't listen, so they came out to vote and fix that problem. This is not unlike the left in this country, who chided Donald Trump for saying he might question the outcome of the election if Hillary won. Then they proceeded to do exactly that when their candidate lost, amidst unprecedented whining and complaining. With Johnson over there and Trump over here, the left has shown they are the petulant ones when they don't get their way. Meanwhile, I guess there's something these days about heads of state with weird hair. As I alluded to earlier, this is the Christmas season. Well, for me it is. Others may be getting ready for Hanukkah, the Kwanzaa. But in the United States, when you turn on the radio or walk into a store, you're very likely to be listening to music of Christmas. In my home growing up at this time of the year, it was the job of the first person home to pull together a bunch of Christmas records, stack them on the spindle of our massive Magnavox console, and get them going. My dad was known for his love of Christmas music. Sometimes he'd have fun with the music and sing it loudly with an exaggerated vibrato. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> he loved Bing Crosby crooning White Christmas and I'll Be Home for Christmas. And he hit every little note that Bing would ad-lib. As kids, we loved watching the annual Christmas specials like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. As I grew up and had a family of my own, I got CDs and cassettes of the Christmas classics. When my older son was in the high school band, the tradition was that a student would conduct the song Sleigh Ride in the Christmas concert, so he got to know that song very well. Christmas music like that is all around us now. And it seems just natural to wish people a Merry Christmas, the waiter, the cashier, the delivery driver. But what if they're Jewish? Won't they get upset? Well, I used to be on another political podcast back in the day, Shire Network News, for those who remember. And there were at least three other contributors to the show who were Jewish. They said to me that for them, a Merry Christmas from someone was just a nice, polite greeting and nothing to get upset about. They'd say a polite thank you in return, so don't worry, be happy. But if you know the person you're talking to is Jewish, 
you might also consider another bit of politeness. Thank you for the music. Because all the songs I've just mentioned, and more, were either written or co-written by Jewish songwriters. In fact, the American Society of Composers and Publishers, ASCAP, put out its list of the 30 most played holiday songs of the past century back in 2014. Of those, fully half involved Jewish lyricists and or composers. So to all my Jewish listeners, from me down south in Georgia, I just want to say, Shalom, y'all. Well, that's it for the year 2019. I hope you enjoyed the show this year, and I don't expect to be at a loss for topics any time in the upcoming election year. But if there is something you want me to cover, just head over to the website, considerthis.ctpodcasting.com, to let me know. I've also officially launched the podcast for the Fox TV show Next. It's called What's Next, and you can find it at next.ctpodcasting.com. You can go there to listen to our introductory episode and get subscribed to it so you don't miss an episode when the series starts. I've also revamped the main site for Consider This Podcasting at the, hopefully, easier-to-remember, ctpodcasting.com. There are links to all the shows in our network right there. Remember just that, and you can find them all. Thanks for listening this year, and as we head into the new year, always remember to really listen and consider this.